We're going to talk tonight about leadership. We're talking about as a whole in here tonight. Uh, and then after tonight, we're going to be breaking it out into breakout sessions. Well, I mean, we'll keep Sunday night service going, but we'll be pulling out leadership in different ways or different groups of leaderships and ministering to them personally and privately in smaller groups as we go along. But tonight, we just want to talk about leadership in, in general. And... Uh, And I'm just going to give you a few scriptures. I just want to stir up your heart on the call of God on your life. And what God may be expecting out of that call. Then Elaine's going to come and finish this up tonight. And uh, and share with us her heart in the the leadership as a whole. Uh, If you have your Bible, I want you to turn over. I'm just going to go through some scriptures tonight. They'll be bringing the scriptures up on the screen here. Just want to think about scriptures that are talking about the call of God. Everybody say the call of God. And, you know, the call of God is really our own responsibility. It's our responsibility to, number one, to discover that call, and then to prepare for that call, and then to execute that call, although the Holy Spirit will be empowering us all the way. I mean, pardon? I can't see. I can't read really with them all. So, so it's a, it's, but it's our responsibility to let it mean something. The one scripture that burdens my heart, God says, I, I called you over and over, but you didn't take care with it. You didn't care about it. And that's what we never want. We never want God's calling to be on our life, and we don't care about it. Man, that could be a disastrous thing. Number one, this life would zero out. I mean, with this meaning, it would end in zero. If God was calling me in a mission, I, I've covered this morning, there's at least three callings that we need to really take note of. First calling is the calling to know God. And that's where we answered, hopefully, when we walked an hour. The second calling is to live a holy life. We've been called to live. We should never be an argument. There should, there should always, there's some conviction that the Holy Spirit is always bringing up in our life to live a holy life. And the Holy Spirit, you can be sure, is busy at work making sure that we fulfill that calling. How many of you this week, God has dealt with you over some things? Sure He has. That's what the Holy Spirit, He deals with us over sins in our life, over things that will hinder us are just weights in our life. Things that will hinder us, keep us weighted down. God will deal with us over it. But the third area of calling is the mission that God has called us to. And that's a vital important. That's why we're here. Man, we could have been... I mean, earth would have no reason without the mission. Because literally, I could do the rest of them in heaven. I could have just been born there, Right? We could have just been born in heaven, and then we would know God, and then we could live a holy life. The reason that earth exists is that number three is to fulfill my mission. And Jesus said his mission was to destroy the works of the devil. That was his mission in life, his purpose. So everywhere that the enemy had hurt, Cause pain, difficulty, strip people, st- stolen from people, rob people's lives, destroy their lives everywhere. That's where Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And 
God has the power to break the hold of the devil off our life and then to restore those, hours, those areas of our life we call redemption. And God's able to do that. So that number three position of the mission of God. And we can always, we must always let God know the importance. I remember uh, Brother Walter, Brother Walker. And I remember some of the testimonies that he would share about how he felt the calling of God. And so how important it is. And that's something, it's almost, it's almost lost its appeal in the church. I mean, for some demonic reasons, we believe that we got saved so that we can live happy the rest of our life. That's not the reason we got saved. And some people get saved to miss hell. Well, that's a legitimate one, but that's not a good one. There's only one good reason. And that is to fulfill the mission that God, to be the Lord's hands and be His feet here on planet earth. So there's scriptures that deal with that. Matthew chapter 24 verse 14 says, Many are called, but few are what? Can y'all follow me on scripture? Okay. All right. For many are called. That means God's calling a lot of people. But that's, that, has, that scripture has in it the sense of responsibility. There's something that's going to move me from the place of just being called. And you know, I know a lot of people that do that. There's a lot of people that walk around and they, they know of their calling. But they've done nothing in their life for preparation. They feel no responsibility for the fulfillment of that calling in their life. I pray that's not you. Or I pray that if it is you, that God light a fire under you. Because there is a tremendous responsibility once God begins to deal with us over the calling. Then there becomes a tremendous responsibility to be the chosen out of that. And that means how I handle my calling... Leave that scripture up there with you. Would just leave the scriptures for me as I walk from one to the other. How I handle the calling makes me fit to be chosen. How I handle my, what I do with my calling. All right, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1. It says, therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. Worthy of the calling. So there's a certain walk. Everybody say there's a certain walk that embraces the calling of God. There's a certain walk. <laughs> Since I believe with all of my heart, and you do too, that there's not a planet, there's not a personal planet Earth that's not called. But it should be identifiable by the way we walk. The way we walk, the way we're preparing our life in a sanctified fashion. The way I'm not willing to allow other things to get more important in my life. The way that a person that wants to walk worthy of their calling, they have constantly put things out of their lives that's, that's running competitive with the calling of God. Because if the calling of God is going to be lived out in your life, it's going to have to be the most important thing in your life. It's going to have to be the thing that drives you to get up in the morning, the thing that drives you and puts you in the bed at night, is that calling of God. And the more you give your heart toward it, the more that that will be fulfilled. All right, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened 
that you will know what's the hope of that calling. So it takes a spiritual, it takes a spiritual move in each side of us to understand or recognize the calling. Somebody says, I don't think I'm called. Well, what I would first ask is, are you spiritual enough to recognize the calling? And, and just, from, just from my view, it's not so much important, as important to me that you put a name to that calling is that you realize and recognize and prepare for the calling. Amen. Because I've seen some people that walk through and say, I'm a prophet. You know? I've seen some people walk up and say, I'm a preacher. Well, I couldn't tell it from the manner of their life. And I couldn't tell it. You understand what I'm telling you? So it takes something in you, spiritually, has to come alive to be able to fulfill that calling. You cannot live for the world and fulfill that calling. It, it can't be. You can't be. The reason that you exist has got to be to allow Jesus to find expression through my life. Amen. So something has to happen. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10. It says, Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about your calling. To make it certain. Amen. Proverbs chapter 1 and 24. I'm just talking about some scripture dealing with calling. Because I called and you refused. Man, isn't that a sad state? God said, I called you and you refused. I called you and you refused. I pray if there's anybody here tonight that you're refusing the call of God. I hate the expression. What is surrender to the calling? I hate that expression. Because I believe a person that has to just, if God's chasing you down, got to run you, tie you up like a, like a you know, rope to get you to do his calling, he don't need you. <laughs> what I feel about it. I think it should be the other way around. We should have a ladder rope getting around God and God called me to do something. Call me to do something. I think the, the price that he paid is worth that kind of appeal out of our life. I don't think God, I think he's already done what he needed to do. So I don't think it should be him chasing me down. I really think that I should be chasing the Lord. He said, you pay no attention to it. Pay no attention. Acts chapter 13, verse 2 said, While they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Set apart them. Now, some of you, God may reveal that mission. I'm not one of those lucky ones. I never... I never heard the Lord call me to preach. I never heard the Lord call me to pastor. I just heard the Lord call me. And the way I heard the Lord call me was this deep desire in my heart to give back to the one that had done so much for me. And that desire drove me. It drove me to all the various things that it drove me to to witnessing on the street it drove me to to four year old Sunday school classes teachers it, it, it drove me then eventually 
eventually the door continued, God continued to open doors of ministry. But I wasn't the one. There are those that hear that, and I praise the Lord for it. Brother William, did you hear God tell you to preach? Boy, you're one of the lucky ones, man. I love, I love that. I love that, that you can see. I've never been able, because that's why preaching, I don't know. Preaching is difficult for me. Now, I, 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 I'm not confessing that, but it's so difficult for me. I'm afraid before I preach, and usually after I preach, I'm afraid. I mean, I fight fear of people and, and fear of being accepted and, and the fear of things so much to where it's, it's such a battle. But every time I do it, I do it for Jesus. I break that neck of that, that enemy off of me, see. So I don't know. Uh, sometimes you will recognize, God will give you a name to go along with that calling. Then others of you will just try along with Jesus and fulfill the calling of God. And there will be a, a sense of fulfillment in your life. Amen. Now, Re- Re- Revelation chapter 17, verse 14. <clears throat> These will wage war against the Lamb. And the Lamb will overcome them. Because He's the Lord of lords and King of kings. Who's going to be riding with Jesus? Who is going to be? It's those who are with Him. Those who are with Him. I love the way it says that. Those who are with Him are what? They're the what? The chosen and the faithful. Those that are with the Lord. I don't understand about all the placement that heaven's going to do for us. I don't understand the rankings that will be there. I don't understand the passing out of the giftings. But I do know that the Bible says here, those that ride with the Lord are going to be people that have a calling and people that have been chosen and people that have prepared they've been faithful they could have given their lives to a lot of things but they chose to give their life to the call of God Amen. that's my 10 minutes now you got 10 minutes you can't say nothing in 10 minutes oh I could have told her that <laughs> There's three things I would look for in your heart in your preparing for leadership. Number one is that you are consistently growing in prayer. If you don't know what you're called, if you don't have a title to it, but you know there's a calling on your life. Like I said, I believe every person is called. The way that you can come to a place to fulfill that calling is number one, is to continually grow in prayer. Continually become more aggressive, growing in prayer. The second thing, if God is going to move you from calling to chosen, there's a second element. It's the element of praise. Your praise must be consistently growing and increasing. And there's something about a leader that I found. Praise takes on a total uh, another level a praiser that's a leader or a leader that's a praiser should be saying a leader that's a praiser they're not praising just for themselves 
That's why a leader that's a praiser never says, I couldn't get into that song tonight. Never says that. Because it doesn't matter what the song is. Because a leader is there for a purpose. To use that praise as a catapult of ministry. In fact, a leader hardly ever prays or, pl- or praises for themselves. Praise is a progression. It's a progression up the mountain toward the Lord. That's why people that say, I can't get into it. Honey, you haven't started up yet. You haven't started up yet. you got to get to climbing. That's why a praiser is not dependent on those that are around him. I mean, a leader. A leader can never be dependent on those that are around them. They're not waiting for somebody to get them off in praise. They're there to stimulate others. Because a leader, I find, does this. They'll start up that mountain of praise. And all of a sudden, they pick up a burden on the way. And they feel like that burden, whoever it is that God's put on their heart. See, because a, a leader has taken a hold of a bigger heart than just themselves. If, if your prayers are still just me and mine, you're not ready for leadership. You may have been called, but you hadn't been chosen. It's when you begin to gain burden for other people. And you begin, everything you do has those other people in mind. So when you enter into a praise section, it doesn't matter what I'm here for. If I can praise enough, I'll be able to help those that I'm burdened for. And it's like this. It's like we start up the mountain of of worship. We start up the mountain of praise. We climb up one level and we've got somebody under our arm. And that person is somebody by faith that we care about. Not somebody that I'm physically holding on to. Somebody that I'm spiritually holding on to. I know if I can just carry them into the presence of the Lord. And if I can keep them into the presence of the Lord enough, God will bring change in their life. A leader always is thinking like that. Sometimes a leader will get his arms around a whole congregation. And when that leader is moving toward praise, he's moving with this huge group of people in his heart that he's carrying up. Because the Bible says that when a priest enters in to worship God, he enters in with names on his chest. He enters in with symbolic names on his chest. So a leader, what a leader does, a leader grabs everybody that he loves and he starts up that mountain of praise. It doesn't matter what tune they got. It doesn't really matter who's even singing. It doesn't matter who's dancing. That leader is going to get to the presence of God some way because he's got a responsibility to bring those before the presence of God. And I don't know how many praise services leaders feel that. To where finally you come to a place in worship. To where that you've got those that you love. And and that's what usually brings tears from my eyes when I'm worshiping. Because I see myself sitting there in the presence of God. And I see those that I'm holding on to. And I say, Lord, if I can just stay here long enough, you can change them. Because they may not be there physically. But I can cure them there spiritually. Amen? Amen. So everything that a leader is involved with is bigger than themselves. In fact, it almost comes to work in surrender of your life to the Lord. You see yourself as not that important. 
That's what the Bible calls humility. And you begin to see your life is not important. That, that's how God that, that's how God uses leaderships to lead. I don't know how to say this. It's a surrendered life of not seeing yourself important. Then God can purely give leadership through you. You understand what I'm saying? It's, it's that surrender life. So as God is bringing us to be leaders, developing His calling in our life, uh, see, the, the work of God, all the calling of God is raw. That's what Brother Garman used to say 40 years ago. He ministered to me in that way, George, that was that's, that's never, ever left me. He said, always know that the work of God or the calling of God is wrought in you. It's worked inside you. It's not something that God says, you're called. You're going to be this. It's something that God works inside you. Through every situation that you face in life and every circumstance that you go through. 